Hey everyone, welcome to The Breakdown. I'm Kurt. And I'm Luke. We are so glad to be by your side today. And in your ears. <laughs> yeah, that's true. We can actually be both. I didn't think about that. Um, we are in your ears and by your side. Hey, listen, maybe you haven't heard. I had somebody approach me on Sunday, Luke, saying, uh, how do you guys determine if you're going to do a video or audio? Maybe you haven't heard the good news. We are fully podcast now. Yes, we are. And you can still find the podcast on all three platforms. Yes. There's Facebook, there's YouTube, and you can also go to HPC Sermon Notes, mm. which is a podcast channel that you can find on Spotify or Apple. It's great. And I like how they tag it right to the message. So yes. as soon as the message from Sunday, right underneath that is the Sermon Notes and our breakdown. So, Perfect. Great. Hey, we have had a phenomenal week. It's Wednesday. We had chapel again today at King's. We had chapel on Monday. We had prayer last night. King's has kicked off. First ever school right here. Amazing. School of the Spirit kicked off another semester, our third year. This week is on fire. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. For real. For real. And we have some other great things coming up as well. And we hope you heard Ashley say this on Sunday about our small groups. Yeah, absolutely. Small groups is a very good way to get plugged into the church and plugged into each other. Mm. And there's lots of options. There really are. I highly encourage um, all of you to check them out. If the, If there's one that works for you, sign up. It's awesome. So hpc.church to find those small groups. We'd be glad when you are able to plug into one. One thing I love about small groups, the way we do it here, yeah. is it's not a long-term commitment. It's actually really cool. It really is a short-term commitment. So it's a great way to meet people because mm -hmm. you cannot just form relationships just coming in on Sunday morning, talking in the lobby. Yeah, you can make some connections, but to go deep the way the Lord calls us to, we really have to have these other times of meeting. It's so good. And usually because you're enrolling in a small group, that's something that's personal and I, you identify with what the topic is. So you're going to meet other people who have that same desire. Yeah. So it's really great to build those relationships. So hpc.church for all your details on that. And here we are. We're going to go back to, because that's what we do, go back to Sunday morning. Yes. We had a great time of worship, just getting in to just seeking the Lord and pursuing him. Luke, does this, does this ever happen to you? Pastor Zach asked me on Monday, hey, you know, how are you feeling during worship service on, on Sunday? And I know for me, I get into these moments where I was dealing with some stuff and I felt like God was kind of just kind of squeezing it out right yeah. there in those moments. Mm. And it's, it's interesting because we have to submit to that. Yeah. We have to be willing to go through that process. Absolutely. Even if everybody else yep. is in the room. <laughs> I know. I well, see, what's really funny, well, not funny, but super cool about the Lord is there's times I'll go to church and I'll, depending on the where the service is going, sometimes I feel like, okay, the Lord's working on me right now. Yes. So I am really working things out with the Lord. Yes. But then there's times when I come in and I'm, I'm in a position of strength in the Lord. Mm -hmm. And I really feel like the Lord is saying, all right, today, this is where you're going to pour out. That's good. And you're going to either, I'm called to pray for a certain person or the Lord puts a, a thought on my mind and it's like, okay, pray into that. Yes. Even Like, it doesn't mean you have to go up and grab the mic and share it with the with the room. That's right. It's no, pray into this. This is, this is doing something in the atmosphere. I've, I've talked to Jamal about this. 
and yeah. he's he's really encouraged me in that. Yes. Um. So there's some Sundays where it's it's directly for me, mm-hmm. and then other times where it's no, I'm here to be a vessel. That's it. And a support. And I think what's amazing too, what I love about the posture of our leadership here at the church is, hey, we understand. Paul writes to Timothy, be ready in season and out of season. And I felt like on Sunday I had in season moments on Sunday, and I had out of season moments on mm. Sunday. There were times that I needed to be called on to lay hands on the sick and have them recover. There were also times the Lord was doing a work in me, yes. and I needed to be willing to submit to that. So in that moment, I may have felt out of season, right. but I'm, I'm still going to be ready when called upon. So it's really interesting because I think sometimes we can look at leadership and say, oh, well, they always have it no. together. It's like <laughs> everybody walks through the door the same way on a Sunday. Yes. And I love what you said, Luke. Sometimes we have days where we feel the strength, yes. and other days the Lord is dealing with us on right. something, and right. we are just ready. Yep. We are ready. Yep. So I, I want to hit that posture of worship because it's part of our culture here as a church. And that brings us right into the message on Sunday. It really does, because the heart of the message is where where is our focus directed? Where is our heart facing? Yes. Are we facing towards the Lord or are we facing towards ourself and, and the positions that we have within systems? Yeah. So uh, the, the, the message comes from number 16 yes. and it deals with Korah's rebellion, mm-hmm. okay? Um, and the Old Testament is is kind of cool. It, it's really cool, but it's kind of tricky sometimes, especially for newer believers. Yeah. You may be more comfortable with the stories of Jesus because usually that's how, I mean, we, ta- we say coming to Christ. Right. We usually encounter Jesus first. And you might hear the new covenant, mm-hmm. which is everything that happens in the New Testament after Jesus's death. It's like that whole transition. Correct. Now, the Old Covenant, Old Testament, before Jesus comes and dies, that also plays into the story of our salvation, too. Yes, it does. And it's really, it can be challenging to read, but it's really cool. And when you take the time to break it down and understand the heart of God, you see that it's the same loving God, the same holy God working in both new and old and, and old covenants. It's so powerful. I, I've really, as I've become a father, this has become more apparent to me because there are times when you need strong discipline and correction, like yesterday, right, Luke? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we had a little corrective discipline with uh, with some uh, children yesterday, so it's great. And and a lot of times awesome. you have to have the, the, the father is not void of love because he no. brings a a quick judgment or a quick uh, correction. Right. In fact, there's a lot of reasons. And Pastor Zach hit this on Sunday. There was not enough time to go through uh, all the scenario to understand how Korah and the rest of these people came to this place, really what we had to understand was that their heart was filled with rebellion. Yes. And the proof of that is that even when given opportunity, you know, Moses is saying, hey, everybody else back up. Everyone that's with the sons of Korah, you over there, but everyone else back up. That would be a great red flag for me that I'd be like, or a white flag. Oh, I'm done. Yeah, Can I no, get out? I'm, I don't like where this is going. <laughs> I've seen, you know, the Red Sea closing over the Egyptians. I'm good. I'm good. I'm, I'm good. <laughs> if you look at the obstinance there, if you can be in that position, God must have known right off the bat, their heart is filled with rebellion. And that has to to be judged. I love what you said, Luke, about the importance of understanding which covenant we're under and which testament we're reading from. Mm-hmm. And Christ has brought us into this place where we are under a new covenant and we do not suffer the wrath of God. Now, if we continue to be rebellious, there is a wrath that is coming, mm-hmm. right? And that Amen. is for the sons of disobedience. If we continue to be rebellious and reject Jesus, who is the way, and we'll get into this with the high priest, yes. but, but the most important thing to understand is as we're reading through these Old Testament passages, 
messages and hearing from Pastor Zach with the sons of Korah and their rebellion, hey, you know, God had to deal with the children of Israel like this because they were young and he had to teach them just like we take quick discipline with our children when they're young. But when they reach an age of reasoning, we begin to explain, here's what you actually need to do. And here's the reason why you should be doing it. Exactly. Exactly. So breaking down this story, yes, um, I really felt that there were three uh, key concepts All right, give them so to us. that we can that we can latch onto. So it's first is the concept of freedom, freedom, then obedience, and then lastly redemption. Okay. So if you listen back and after the breakdown, I encourage you if you have time, go back and listen to the sermon good. and think of those three concepts: freedom, mm-hmm. obedience. Mm-hmm and redemption. It's really good. So the first is freedom. And uh, Pastor Zach said, from our perspective, it could be that God brought us out of Egypt to set us free. Yeah. But God's perspective is God brought us out into freedom so that we could be a nation set apart and holy. Mm -hmm. So the difference is, you know, it's not just for freedom's sake. It's not just so that we're no longer um, within the bonds of Egypt for the Israelites or for us just no longer in the bonds of sin, it's so that we can now come under God's order because freedom without order is anarchy. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, Paul addresses this and different writers in the New Testament will address this because we are saved by grace and it's not by our works and we are free because we didn't earn our salvation. That's right. But we don't use grace as a reason to just live however we want. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know, in Romans 6, um, Paul says, shall we sin because we are not under the law, but under grace? May it never be. Do you not know that when you present yourselves to someone as slaves for obedience, you are slaves of the one whom you obey, either of sin resulting in death or of obedience resulting in righteousness? And so he uses this concept of slavery where, yeah, before you were slaves of sin. Yeah. Now God has set you free, but you are slaves to righteousness. And that concept of slavery, I think, really helps us within this freedom that we have. It does. And in a sense, it can almost be a bit heavy if we don't tease it out. And that's why we have the breakdown. And one of the important things to communicate here that we want us all to see, that I believe the Father wants us to see, is why would we submit ourselves back under slavery, like, quote, unquote, slave to righteousness? Why? Didn't we just get set free so we can be totally free? I love what you said and what Pastor Zach said that, well, freedom with without boundaries and without, uh, what was the actual quote there, uh, brings us to anarchy. Order, order. So freedom without order brings us to anarchy. So there has to be order. But did God save us and bring us into freedom just for order? No, he did not. He actually saved us for relationship. Mm. God bought us back through Amen. the redemption process with Jesus, Amen. paid the price to get us back. Right. So he gets us back right. into right standing with him. Mm -hmm. So now what happens, Paul is able to say, hey, I'm a bond servant. Right. And the reason that Paul says I'm a bond servant, again, he's using that old covenant understanding of the the servant who has served his term and is now freed, but desires to remain with the master out of love and relationship. Yes, yes. And I think that's so cool because, you know, when we hear obedience, sometimes we think, okay, rules. Right. 
but it's obedience, meaning right action within relationship. Boom. And we've all had relationships where we know someone didn't act right towards us right. or we didn't act right towards the other person yeah. within the, the set boundaries of that relationship. That's so good, Luke. And this is how Jesus can say, if you love me, You'll keep my commands. Correct. Correct. You know, we have heard that in church culture for so long as like a demand. Mm-hmm. If you love me, you're going to keep my commandments. Right. There's a manipulation, a manipulation. We've, we've we've had parents that say that you, say it like that. Yes, but I understand what Jesus is saying here. He's saying, if you love me, you'll keep my commands. Yes. Don't worry. I've written my law in your heart. It's in your mind. Mm. If you love me, mm-hmm. so what's the focus? Right. The command? No. Right. The right. focus is love. Right. And I believe that this is where we see Korah and the Sons of Rebellion get out of alignment. Yes. Luke, they didn't start with love. When no. God wanted them all to be a kingdom of priests, mm-hmm. they fled from the sight of God, how he appeared to them on Mount Sinai. Mm-hmm. And so they so said- So this is after coming out of the Red Sea. Yeah, coming out. Yeah, go ahead and bring us no, back no, to the- no, no. <laughs> So the reason why God is looking at all these people surrounding Korah and knowing that their heart is filled with rebellion is because he already gave them opportunity for relationship mm. in individually. God wanted them to be a kingdom of priests unto himself. And they rejected that. And they said, no, Moses, you go and you hear from God. You tell us what God says and we'll do it. Mm. And so I think you have these first two points, you know, breaking it down, which is the the first point we just covered, which is freedom. And that moves us right into what we just started talking about, obedience. Right. You know, the goal when we're raising children or the goal in relationships I like what you shared about obedience, the goal in a relationship. We've all been wronged where somebody didn't do something right in the relationship. But if love is that mutual agreement in the relationship, it's going to cause us to want to do well to the other. Right, right. And we still contend or we still have to struggle with our sinful nature. Yeah, we do. Read Romans. <laughs> There's a lot of homework with this. Uh, oh, this really? For real? School really did start this week, <laughs> yeah. didn't it? Um, so, because uh, Pastor Zach says God's commands chafe with Egypt's residue. Yes, they do. And Egypt's residue for us as believers, we can think of that as our old sinful nature, mm-hmm. the old man, the, yeah. the part of us that still wants to go out and sin. Yeah. Now we're told, uh, you know, as we feed the spirit, as we walk in in the in the Holy Spirit, then our sinful nature it dies. It, it becomes we we lose it loses that grip on us. Yeah. It still is it still is there, but then uh, as we walk in the spirit, that spirit man grows stronger. So if you're feeling that chafing, like you're you know like okay, God says this, how come it doesn't sit well with me? Well, that's where the Holy Spirit's going to work in you and help to put that old old man to death, mm. that sinful nature to death. Mm-hmm. You know, as we look at that, the problem with Korah was not an issue of holiness, right? That's what that's what Korah said. Like, hey, aren't we holy? Don't we hear from right. God? The issue was not an, a matter of holiness so much as it was priesthood. Mm. Who had a right to go and stand right. before God? Right. Right. And, and he accuses Moses as though Moses set this system up. <laughs> I know. And it wasn't Moses. It was God. God. It really was God. And so now Moses and the rest of his kin are challenging Moses and Aaron. Now, now Korah and the rest yes. of his kin, sorry, are challenging Moses and Aaron. And this is where we see Pastor Zach brings us to this remarkable line of Korah's talking about holiness, but we have no right to stand before God 
without a high priest. Right. God already ordained that. He already established that. Again, if they had received God's first invitation at Sinai, then they would have been a kingdom of priests. But because they rejected that invitation and they said, Moses, now God is going to operate through Moses and Aaron and the Levitical line, and they become the priesthood mm-hmm. for that long stint of time. So we look at that. I think I just I was thinking about people sitting in the sanctuary on Sunday and hearing, wait a minute, are you saying I still need a priest? to come before God. I can't go directly to God. And this is one of the points I wanted to tease out is to really explain the heart of that is yes. But the high priest has already been satisfied. Yes. You don't need a physical earthly priest now to be the go-between between between you and God. Jesus ever lives to make intercession, and he's seated at the right hand of the Father because his work is done, and he is the high priest of all. Yep. Another homework point. Go read (laughs) Hebrews. (laughs) You're going to give them the whole Bible by the time we're done, Luke. (laughs) Hebrews 4 and 11. And this is why Hebrews says we can come boldly to the throne of grace. So the difference between our heart posture and maybe where Korah was, which I would love for you to touch on this in a moment, because we can still have a rebellious heart Mm -hmm. in coming to God if we think we get to bypass the high priest. But the issue was, if we understand that Jesus is high priest, then we can come boldly before the throne of grace. Well, because so Jesus is the high priest and he's also the sacrifice, which is amazing. I know. Um, And everything in the Old Testament points to Jesus, Mm. um, which is a, a really good principle when you're reading the Old Testament, understand God is holy, man is not holy. Mm. Uh, We have to have the right posture towards God. All the feasts, all of the sacrifices in their way point to Jesus as the sacrifice. That's it. The priesthood points to Jesus as the priest. Um, So sometimes people will say, well, how are people in the Old Testament saved? Well, they were saved by looking towards the great sacrifice, looking towards Jesus. Good stuff. And now we're saved by looking back and accepting Jesus' sacrifice. Have you taken John's class? No. This is exactly what John teaches in the Living Tabernacle. Oh, wow. You haven't I, taken... I really want to take that class. Oh, man. <laughs> I cut you off. Go ahead. Keep <laughs> no, that's, that's, that's fine. So when when we accept Jesus as our Savior, we're accepting him as our high priest and mm-hmm. sacrifice. He mm-hmm. paid the penalty for our sins. And then God takes Jesus's righteousness and puts it on us. Yes. So when we run into the throne room, when we approach the throne boldly, yep. he's not seeing... The good things that we do, because the Bible says our good things are really just filthy rags. He's seeing the good that Jesus did by being the perfect sacrifice on us. And this is where we can come into 2 Corinthians 5.21, for he made him, who is Jesus, who knew no sin, Mm. to become sin itself, that we might become the righteousness of God. Yes. And I I was just teasing this out with our students in Monday's class. You don't have righteousness because you're in Christ. You have become righteousness. Yes. Righteousness itself has been imputed to your account, charged to your account. That's what you look like before God. Yes. That's how we come boldly. Amen. Amen. And and that's why I, and and I think that posture, it's understanding that walking in that faith that yes, I've accepted Jesus. Jesus sees me as righteous. Yes. So how do I approach God? I approach him as a father, like a a child running to my father. That's so good. Knowing that I am his. Mm. You know, and Pastor Zach had this remarkable, remarkable point going back to this idea of obedience, that if we refuse obedience, we actually choose a life of death. We welcome that upon ourselves. Yes. Really challenging 
to swallow that on a Sunday. And, and he did a great job talking about, well, why was God saying, oh, everybody's got to go. Everybody's got to go. Even the kids, really? Yep. yep. Whoa, I would have never seen it this way, mm-hmm. especially in dealing with a disobedient, rebellious heart right. and how we're literally dragging death yes. into our life, which affects yes. our spouse, our children, yes. our work, every area. Right. We invite death in right. when we make that decision. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and they just continued and persisted in their rebellion. Mm. So, you know, I think one of the ways that uh, Satan works in us is sometimes to scare us and make us feel like we're, am I, am I, do I have a disobedient heart? Yeah. And what I would say is if you're asking yourself that question, you don't. <laughs> Probably don't. Probably like, don't. Yeah, there are things in your life that the Father is working, working out in you, that the Holy Spirit is working out in you. But if you're asking that question, that's the right, that's that's the right, the right posture. posture. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just the next step is presenting yourself and saying, God, all right, I know this is not right. Fix yeah. me. <laughs> exactly. You know, we if we look at God and we think he's really just that judge and we don't bring in the new covenant that he has satisfied his current wrath on Christ, wrath has been paid then we think if we come to God with our problem, if we come to God with our struggle, maybe even some disobedience, even though we don't want it, he might judge us. He might condemn us. How can we know that we can come that close? But like you said, when we have the right posture to say, I hope I'm not a disobedient person. I hope I'm not rebellious. God, am I rebellious? God works with that. Yes. God works with that. Yeah. And because of Christ, he is not charging your sin to your account. Right. And so he can help work out the sin in your life. Amen. Amen. And then as as we as we grow in him um it's not just so that we have this right standing it's now so that we can also become ministers of mm. reconciliation there you go and so we become as hebrews says we are now part of the royal priesthood so good that's so good and that really does bring us into that final point about those fire pans mm-hmm. that were left there and yes. were holy. And I want to get to that in a moment, but I want to make sure we hit all three of your points. You said the very first point freedom. was freedom and then obedience. Yep. And then... Now it's redemption. Oh, we're right there. We're right there. We are right there. Wow, what a setup. Yeah. God is really meeting us in this moment right <laughs> now. This is so cool. Th- that, that piece of redemption to go back, what an amazing thing is we're reading the scripture and God is telling Moses to send them back and go and pick up these pans because those pans are holy. Yes. But they're not going to look the same way they did right. before. Yeah. Now they're going to be hammered out. Right. And, and, that, and that redemption piece... It's so crucial that you park there. Yeah. Because Korah and and the 250 and their families, everything that belonged to them, that has been swallowed up by the earth. Yeah. Yet, even within that, God is like, I will save everything that I possibly can. Everything mm. that I can possibly deem holy, mm. I will I will save that. Mm. Wow. I'm really just thinking through what Pastor Zach said on Sunday, how he was awoken about 1 a.m. and he had the message there, Mm. but the Lord began to speak to him about, we're looking at pans and fire pans Mm -hmm. in the scripture, and God is saying to him, these are some of the people right there sitting before you, that they have been used and abused and manipulated, and they were almost trying to be, not them themselves, but they were sewn into a concept of disobedience and rebellion. Mm-hmm. I want to redeem that. Right. I want to redeem them. Right. Go get them. Right. Right. And just as uh, it was Eleazar, yeah. the son of Aaron, yeah. Yeah. just as Eleazar had to pick up those censers, yes. those bronze pans, yes. Jesus picks us up. Oh, man. So even if we've been in, in a situation where we've been abused, uh-huh. where we've been manipulated, where even we have caused you know, destruction and pain, Jesus reaches in and picks us. Awesome. 
You know what's so good, Luke, that's coming to me now as you're talking? Moses and Aaron stood as the high priests, but they they weren't the ones that, that went in no. to get the fire pans, and God wasn't the one that get, went in to get the fire pans. God, yes. I can see your face. Oh, this God. is awesome. Yeah. This is awesome. God sent man in yes. to go and get those fire right. pans. And 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 I just think about what God was doing on Sunday morning. <laughs> right. That God was using a man like Zach to yep. call back and right. bring back, go get those fire pans. And then God uses us. Yes, he does. Yeah. So that's the thing. We are ministers of reconciliation, yep. of redemption, not redeeming people to us, no. but in the name of Jesus and redeeming them back to Jesus. So good. And that's a remarkable point. I guess that's my word today. I'm sorry. That's an amazing point as well, um, that we are all ministers of the gospel. And I think sometimes we can leave that to, oh, that's just the professionals. No, 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 no. There's no professionals in God's kingdom. We are all ministers of the gospel of the Lord Jesus. We all have the responsibility to go into the world and make disciples. And we are here to do the same work that Jesus did and greater work. Yep. And and I've I've told people this. I've said, you can have as much of God as you want. Hey, come on. And you can allow him to move through you however. However he wants. So good. No so, limit. Nope. No limitations. Hey, so at prayer last night, yes. Pastor Zach kind of put some closing remarks on the beating out and the and the hammering down. Right, because what happened with the pans? Yeah. Uh, they God told told them to beat them into a, a thin like a thin sheet of bronze, mm-hmm. and then that was affixed to the altar, which yes. was also made of bronze. Yes. Um, and that would continually bear sacrifice. Mm-hmm. So I think there's some really key points there. And what Pastor Zach brought out at prayer last night was, you know, you had individual bronze pants mm. and then they get hammered together. Mm-hmm. So this hammering, this redemption Whoa. also knit people together. Whoa! So if we think of ourselves as those pans that have been abused, that have been in a uh, a rebellious, uh, you know, not godly situation, God redeems us out of that. And then- not only does he hammer us flat, he hammers us into each other. Yes. And and Pastor Zach was pointing that out, how wow. like there is an interdependency yeah. that we now have as believers. And Pastor Wally really hammers on that too. Oh yeah. Interdependency. We're not, we're not we, we are not independent, we are interdependent. So good. With each other. Though Go ahead. Go ahead. As I say, those fire pans sitting there, when they were there in that blaze, they were alone. Yes. And they were void of use at that point. Yep. And if you can just think back to the message that you might be, we were, I was that fire pan, mm. broken, alone, misused, abused. Yes. And I was like, oh, is my purpose over? Right. Is my purpose over? Now I'm going to build a new purpose in you. Yep. Yep. <laughs> and then I'm going to do it by weaving you together with others so that you have to see your purpose fully fulfilled Amen. through others as well. Amen. Yeah. Amen. And and Pastor Zach was hammering that um, on Tuesday night last night, uh, uh, talking about builders mm. and how like the Lord has ha- has called us to build. Mm. Um, but you can't do it alone. And, and he used the analogy of his greenhouse and how he had to go to all these different people to get these random parts. Yeah. And it required uh, you know, what should have been like a simple, like, just go to Home Depot, get the stuff. <laughs> no, it required no. all these different st- spots, all these random things. And wow. I think it's cool how like the Lord, uh, you know, showed him that and he could bring that analogy to us. 
It's really good because then we get to see like we can't just have this one-stop shop idea that we just go to one place or we go to one person. I have one friend or God wants us to be a part. We're not an island. He wants us to be a part of the community. That's why the writer of Hebrews says, especially as that day comes closer of Jesus' return, do not isolate yourself. Don't forsake gathering together. No. Stay connected to the body. Amen. You have to. Amen. So it's a really powerful message on Sunday. And, you know, we will sometimes get questions in private and we will try to weave those into our show. We do want you to know that you can always send an email. Yes, you can ask us when you see us on Sunday. Uh, Maybe the more you listen, you may not know what our faces look like now, because again, we're just podcasts if if you haven't heard that yet. (laughs) But we do want to say, um, let me pause here to say big thank you to Dave LeBeau, Alex Larimore, and Haley Wilds, who really made our shoot days, our filming days, really fun and really amazing. super fun. Lots of creative ideas. They're the ones that got us in the pool. <laughs> They're the ones got us doing all those things. So thank you guys so much. What a blessing. It's really an honor to be here. Um, I want to go back here to that final point that I was making of just how important it is to send us your questions. Yes. Maybe you walk away from a Sunday message and you're going to go back and you're going to listen. Uh, you're going to go back and watch, but maybe you still have a question. Well, hey, just email that question to info at hpc.church. Just put breakdown in your subject. They'll get it over to us and we'll bring it up here in the show and try to weave it in. Yeah, it'd be super fun. It'd be really great. So um, any other final thoughts on your mind today and your heart? No, I think it's great. Uh, Let's focus in on those three topics. Yeah. Freedom, Mm -hmm. obedience, and redemption. You know, I I think sometimes when we, I know for me, it's helpful to kind of break down messages and have those points. Yeah. Uh, So that's a really good tool. Like if you're, if you're listening to a message and you're like, oh, it just kind of seems like it, you know, seamlessly flows. Like, where's the points? Like some people, they want points, but not every message is delivered that way. That's not how the Lord, uh, you know, inspires everybody to, to, to speak and preach, but it's there Mm -hmm. because God is a God of order and his order is there in whatever he inspires people to share. That's so good. Well, we want to go before the Lord right now and pray and close out our time together. Father, we thank you for this time we've had to dive into your word, dive into the word you brought forth to us on Sunday morning. And if we maybe have some remaining questions, help us to go back to the word and read this passage again. Go back, watch the message. Lord, I pray for every hearer right now. We always ask that we have eyes to see, ears to hear, and heart to understand and believe and receive what you're doing. We pray that this word would sink down deep and we would understand that obedience really flows out of love and Mm -hmm. relationship. It is not just this command that we have to do, but we become obedient as we put the focus on love. So we thank you for these things. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, folks, I'm Kurt. And I'm Luke. That's The Breakdown. We'll catch you next week. Yeah.